Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliff, a pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad that you have joined us and chosen this day. And I want to wish you a happy Fourth of July to all the people here in the congregation, but also those who are watching by Zoom. We pray that God would bless you this weekend and that you would realize the freedom that we have certainly here in this country is like no other freedom that I believe throughout the world. We have really freedom here, and I believe that's why many people are coming, trying to come into this country, and uh, we just pray that God would touch people to realize the significance of this day, and the many people have gone before them who have uh, provided the freedom that we have. I don't want to ignore it, <clears throat> so I usually talk about it here on the, around the 4th of July, and I want to talk about it today, but I also want to talk about our freedom in Christ that we have, the wonderful blessing we are free. The Bible says if the Son sets you free, then you're free indeed. And so we're free. We are not in the bondage to sin anymore. And that's the blessing, certainly, because we know that, obviously, we are, uh, <clears throat> we're headed to heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And I just want to, obviously, just offer this invitation, even now, before we start the message, that if anyone has never received Jesus Christ in their life, that they've never really uh, asked Christ to come in and forgive you of your sins and to be your personal Lord and Savior today may be the day that the Spirit of God knocks on your heart's door and you open your heart to Him and you ask and invite Him to come in and be your Lord and your Savior. I just believe that's going to happen today throughout the people here in this, in this congregation that are not, maybe not saved or those who are saved, that they will rededicate their lives, that they re will recommit uh, their lives to Christ uh, and make Him Lord over your life. I pray that today for every person watching this. I believe this is an important message today, but before we begin, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. It's a day we can come together and we can worship you and those who are watching or those who maybe watch will watch in the future. We believe supernaturally, Lord, that you will bring people to turn on this YouTube or this Facebook or whatever means of social media that you have, Father, and they will hear this word and they will hearts will be quickened. They will be encouraged, Lord that they would look to Jesus because Jesus Christ is the only answer. And we know, Lord, today that you are revealing yourself in powerful ways throughout this world. And we pray that today, the revelation of your spirit in this congregation, but also, Lord, for those who will watch this or maybe watching this at this particular time. We praise you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you to come. You're here. Lord, we want to feel your presence. We want to know you. We want to encounter you. And Father, today, just forgive us of those things that maybe this past week that we have fallen into. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And Father, we ask today you would do a work that you and you alone can do. So speak, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. Y'all will know this scripture, but I want to talk about it from two standpoints. And I, obviously, what I want to talk about, our pledge of allegiance. We just did, Jerry led us in the Pledge of Allegiance, and I want to um, share with you some parallels here in our Pledge of Allegiance. Those have gone before us that I believe are very important and uh, that they gave their lives for the freedoms that we have today, that I can stand before you and not be concerned about military coming in and taking me off to jail. We need to pray because our freedoms are fragile. And our freedoms obviously can disappear in a, a blink of an eye. So we need to pray for this country. And we need to pray that we'll maintain those freedoms individually. And a, a freedom to obviously to worship. And we want the many people that worship differently than we. That's their choice and that's their right. 
but also our right is to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And our right is that we can share the good news with people who don't know him personally because we know Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. And that's John chapter 14. But let's read it together. This is Joshua chapter 24. We're beginning in verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshiped before beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Can't you say that? As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You choose what you who you want to serve. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can't you say that, obviously, with all certainty and being emphatic about it? As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. The wonderful blessing about that. Joshua was putting it out there. And y'all probably seen that and probably sometimes plaques over doors. You know, and you get ready to go in, they've got a plaque that states that particular scripture, you know, to say, hey, we serve the Lord in this house. Our God is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about freedom, the wonderful thing about that is that the people have gone before us. And I believe that it's something that, that God has ordained this country. Do you believe this? I believe that God has ordained the United States of America to be a country of freedom. Amen. And that's why so many people are coming here. People are looking for freedom. People are looking for opportunities, places that they can get a job, places, places they can raise their families in, in an environment that obviously will be conducive to the family type atmosphere. And I realize and I've talked about the fact of how we've gotten away from that. But this country is obviously, even in all its faults and the things that we've gone through, is far better than many of the other uh, countries that you see. You know, I've traveled to South America. We have friends in uh, Quito, Ecuador, who will be here the first weekend in August, too. And, and Andrea and Fabian and their family will come. And Andrea will speak. She speaks fluent English. She actually speaks English better than I can, okay? And obviously Spanish, okay? But uh, you enjoy her because... She can present to you what is happening in another continent. And the blessing is to know that obviously they're there. And we have that connection. We've been several times there, have good friendship. They'll be here. It's going to stay with Cindy and I for a week there, the last part of, of July. So I want to just share on the times that I've gone to Quito. And we remember I've gone taking trips to a place outside of Quito, the capital of, um, of Ecuador. And it's a place called San Antonio, by the way. You know, it's kind of our San Antonio, but this is San Antonio in Ecuador. And it's a place where this church that uh, Fabian and Andrea uh, serve as pastors, and they go out there on the weekend, and they feed the kids there because it's a very poor, poor place. Basically, the, the homes are built out of cinder blocks. There are no paved roads. There actually is just dirt roads and all. So they started years ago feeding the children out there and preaching, telling them about Jesus Christ. It's very poor. They don't have a whole lot at all. And the children from all that area, I mean, just beautiful kids, okay, came and they, they, uh, they would take whatever they had to eat, didn't have probably a lot to eat, but the, the church would feed them and then share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And many of them today are grown up and they're Christians because they received Jesus into their lives when they were really young children and now uh, 
they are able to share the gospel with other people. And uh, so I say this today is many of people that in poverty and stricken by things, restrictions and so forth and all. I see the difference there between, say, many other countries and the United States of America. People want to come here because of that freedom. And so we celebrate today these people that have gone before us and we do pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. But I want to talk about several things and then I want to draw a parallel today about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Very important here. And the first point I want to put out is consider the patriots. And they were patriots and their allegiance to their country here. First of all, these patriots made a bold declaration. They made a declaration that they stood for, obviously, this, this country that they had come. They'd come to a new land, and the colonies were set up over here. They didn't have the conveniences like we do, of course. You can drive from one area to another and all. They had to go by horseback, of course. No air conditioning. You know, this morning when I got up, it was so humid. I just thanked the Lord for air conditioning. How many people do that on a regular basis? Thank you, Lord, for air conditioning, okay? They didn't have any of these things. And so they came to this country, and they obviously wanted to to have the freedom there. Re freedom of religion really is the foundation of why they came over here. Freedom to be able to live the life like that because they were being restricted by a large empire there in England. And so they came over here for that. And they boldly declared their allegiance to the fledging country. Patrick Henry, he, he said this. Patrick Henry, many of us know what he said. Give me liberty or give me death. And I'll read what he said. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here uh, idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what the course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. And so Patrick Henry and these that went before us, they had made a bold declaration and they were very determined that this new country that they came in would have the freedoms that we see even to this day. The wonderful thing. And so that bold declaration there came. And then we know the boldest declaration was the Declaration of Independence on July the 4th. 1776 and it was signed by 56 representatives from the 13 colonies in which they voted to declare that they would accept nothing less than absolute freedom from England nothing less you know you and I we have to obviously stand and we have to take a stand here and it's very important that we don't waver in that stand many times you know we're sort of like we're lulled to sleep because just of the the activities and, and the things that are happening today so quickly. We've got to take a stand. These people, they took a stand. That declaration of, of independence and that bold declaration, Americans challenged the most powerful empire in the world at that particular time. It was powerful. You see, our country here when it was founded, the militia, they had really not a whole lot. England had the most well-trained soldiers in the world at that time. They had, obviously, the particular arms that obviously outnumbered the militia in this country at that time. They, the militia here of the people fighting for freedom were actually outnumbered, outpowered, and you name it. They are overcome with the, with the, uh, 
with the things that they faced because of England being so powerful like it was here. Well-trained, highly disciplined, and obviously ruthless soldiers there in England's army. Strongest navy actually on earth at that particular time. But they made a bold declaration in saying, we won't give me liberty. Give me freedom or give me death. Give me that liberty. And that's what we have to stand on today. You know, we need to pass this down from one generation to another. Just exactly how this country was founded. We need to know our history because many have said that obviously if we forget our history, then we're bound to repeat these things that may be mistakes. We need to learn from our history and be strengthened by it and also more determined. But also we see here these patriots, they paid a high price for it. After the Americans declared their independence, they had to win it by force there. Think about this. Only a third of the people, the patriots, actually wanted to be free from England. There were a third that were lackadaisical and they didn't care which way it went. And then there were a third that were called loyalists that really wanted England to continue to control them and to rule over them. But there was only a third of the people that actually wanted to be free. And so it narrowed the numbers down. And that was in comparison to the great numbers that England had the power over them. And so think about that for a minute. And there are many people in this particular war for freedom that they died. And so what about the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? So they had a strong conviction and they made that declaration. They stood on it. Let me talk about these 56 men. Five were captured by the British and they were tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked, sacked, and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary War. Another two sons were captured. Nine of the 56, nine or 56 fought and died from wounds or hardship from the war. And one of the signers, Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw the ship, his ship sunk by the British Navy, and he sold his home and properties to pay his debts off, and he died in poverty. But he gave his life for this country. And then, and you know, at the Battle of Yorktown, many of you have studied here the, the history, the British General Cornwallis had taken over Thomas Nelson's home for his headquarters, and Nelson ordered George Washington, who was heading up there, the militia, the, the ones who wanted fighting for freedom, to open fire on his own home. And the home was destroyed, and Nelson died bankrupt. John Hart was driven from his wife's side as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives and his fields were burned. And for over a year, he lived in forests and caves, returning home only to find his wife had died and his children had vanished. A few weeks later, he himself died from exhaustion. These people were the ones that went before us. We need to think about it. And now the one thing here to make a bold declaration in the comfort there of the congressional meeting, but it's quite another to pay the price, to fulfill that declaration on the field of battle, to, to obviously to pay with blood your family or with your neighbors here. Our patriot fathers made a bold declaration and they paid a high price. But also consider they reaped a great reward. Think about it today. The war that began on April 1775 officially ended with the Treaty of Paris in 1783. The Americans made a bold declaration but they reaped a great reward here they won their independence and freedom not just for themselves but for generations beyond them for us today they've reaped the great reward amen we reap that great reward 
And though the signers of that great declaration paid a high price, many of them later obviously reaped a great reward. Two of the signers became presidents. Ten became U.S. congressmen. 19 became judges, 16 became governors, dozens of others held other high political offices here. And obviously, we can thank them for throughout eternity for obviously dying, giving up their lives for the freedom that we can stand here and be able to talk about today. Think about it. Isn't that something? If you look at the history, I love history. I've looked at different histories, World War II and all the things and, and how I was watching some things, some clips from World War II. When Germany obviously was actually about to take over the world. We may be speaking German now if it hasn't been by the divine grace of our, our father who obviously stopped it, I believe. I believe that God actually had his hand upon that. And before it went too far, that obviously he stopped it and Germany was defeated. It wasn't meant to be for that. But I remember obviously looking at that and how the German forces were going into Russia. And uh, Hitler was getting ready to take over. I mean, you talk about a lot of, of the world there. And, and the world was sort of like just surrendering and, and, and bowing down to him. And he was taken over. And they hit that Russian winter. They didn't have the clothes for it. Many of them died and perished. And that stopped him. And that was stopped the momentum of that army that obviously was bent upon taking over the world today. We have our freedom today because of the sovereignty of God Almighty. Amen? We have the freedom today because God has a purpose and a plan that people get free. And I want to talk about that today, the real freedom that we have. And so when I look at the parallels to this Christian life and how our patriots went before us and made that bold declaration, and obviously they paid a great price, but they reaped a great reward. I want to look at it in regards to personal, you and I, and the church, and all Christians today. First of all, we too make a bold declaration. What do we do? We stand up and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I give my life to him. You may walk forward in a church and give your life to Jesus and then proclaim with bold declaration that he is Lord over your life. That's a bold declaration. Amen. That is the greatest declaration that you can make. When you stand up and you say, I am a sinner, I am in need of the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart and I don't understand it. But I believe that he went to Calvary and he died for my sins and he arose on the third day from the grave. And he lives today. And one day that he knows he has prepared a place for us. And he wants us to be with him so badly. And so when we're finished our course here on this earth, we will go to be with him. Why? It's because of his great sacrifice. And we make that bold declaration. Amen. We make that declaration here. And obviously a declaration of independence from the world and the flesh and the devil. And pledging your allegiance, your devotion, your loyalty, your very life. To Jesus Christ here, obviously, we know that when we pledge your life and you make that bold declaration, you no longer live for yourself. You live for Jesus. You live and, and we know that he has a plan and he has the best plan and he loves us with an everlasting love. But we know when we make that bold declaration, we live to seek God's will for our lives and we seek to do what pleases him and not what pleases us. That's a blessing. Making that bold declaration, that's what happens there. We know that declaration is as bold and powerful as the one Joshua made there when he says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You choose this day which way you're going to go, but the way we're going, we're going that way. How many can say that today? Can you say, I, the world may continue to go that way, but I'm going this way, and I'm going with Jesus today. Can you just say and make that declaration today and say, you know, sometimes it takes us 
making a declaration and declaring and just standing upon that promise and saying that this is the way I'm going. I can go where you want, but I'm going to continue to go. I'm going after Jesus today because he gives us life eternal. He gives us abundant life today. And we know, obviously, he's conquered sin. He, he took my sins upon his shoulders when he died at Calvary. And he took your sins upon his shoulders at Calvary. Did it willingly. He says, no man takes my life. I lay it down voluntarily. He gave his life. He made a choice just like we make a choice. God will not force us to receive him into our lives. But we make a choice and say, I believe this Jesus came. And that he's, he is the savior of the world. He is the Messiah. The ones that the Jewish people were looking for. For all those years. And he has come. And he's coming back again, folks. He's coming back again. And when he comes back again, you know, he came back as that baby in a manger there. He came back. But he's going to come back. As a, as a lion of Judah, he's going to come back to take and rule and reign and defeat those powers of darkness forevermore. And we'll live with him throughout eternity in that blessed hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So if you don't know Jesus today, today would be the day that you give your life to him. The day would be the day that you surrender. You see, just like the patriots, we've got to pay a high price also. You know, it's one thing to say it. It's one time to say a confession here in the church house. But to get out here where the rubber meets the road, when we leave these four walls, it's where really that rubber hits the road, isn't it? It's we pay that. We, we fight every day. We die to self. And we obviously take up our cross and follow Him day by day. We live for others. We live for Jesus today. And that is the sanctification that He does after you've come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ here. So what a debt great de- a great declaration that Israel made. They made a declaration at times, but they wish they were wishy-washy. You know, sometimes we feel like we're wishy-washy too, you know. But we have to come back to the foundation, to the basics. And Israel obviously sinned against the Lord. We know in the book of Judges, they went, came and they did what, what was right. And when the pendulum swung the other way, they were obviously in all types of evil and so forth. And then God had to send a judge to bring them back to what they, had, they were called to do and to be. And that's what he does with us. He's gracious with us. We sometimes flounder through life, but he always he loves us and he's always there because he says, my arms are always open wide. Maybe you've blown it today. Maybe you feel like that how you wandered away from the Lord. His arms are open wide. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He just wants us to come to him. He loves us so much and he wants to reveal that love to you and to me. That's who our Lord is. You see, we pay a great price there, though. We have to give up. We got to die to sell. We got to obviously die to, and obviously nail that flesh to the cross because the flesh is that old man, that old nature is never getting any, got any better that I've been talking about. Got to nail, nail it to the cross and say no each and every day because it's a battle we're in. You see, we pay a great price. Why? It's because we know that we're in that battle. And Paul says here, we're, he, we're declaring war against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what he says. And so when you step out and you receive Jesus, let me tell you, the war is going to begin. There's going to battle. And he'll take and pepper that flesh of what those things that maybe we in our past or whatever it may be. But you see today, if we suit up in the full armor of God every day, put that full armor of God in and it talks about it in Ephesians chapter six. The belt of truth, 
The truth about who we are in Christ and who he is in us. The breastplate of righteousness and righteousness of Jesus has been imputed, imparted to our lives, obviously. And we know we are, our feet are shod with the preparation of sharing the, the gospel of peace. Be ready to share the gospel with people around us today. And we hold up the shield of faith that extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. We put on the helmet of salvation and we obviously will the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so you need to suit up. Why? It's because we are in God's army. Hallelujah. We are the army of God. And what we're doing is taking back that territory that the enemy has come in and he squandered. But we've got to be obviously aware of that. And we've got to make a bold declaration. And then we've got to realize that we pay a high price. It is a price. But you want to tell you, I'll tell you today. We win and we know who wins. Jesus has won the war. We may sometimes lose some battles, but we know we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Everybody know that? Say amen. amen. We know we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. We may lose some battles and we know that. We need to confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we know obviously who has the ultimate victory. And if you're a child of God in here today or you're a child of God watching this today, you hold your head up. If there's something that there's guilt and it's true guilt, then go to the Lord and confess it. If not, then don't take that shame on. And those things that can bring you down, the devil wants to keep you and tell you you're not worth anything, that you'll never make it and all because you've been raised in this environment or whatever has happened in your life or you've done this and that and so forth. And that's a lie. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came, obviously, to do things in our lives that we never could expect to give us a life and do, again, John 10, give it to us more abundantly. So we are obviously paying the price, but also we are challenging that great and powerful empire, the powers of darkness here. We're soldiers in God's army. <clears throat> do you realize when we go in places and when we meet people, or maybe we have fam family unions, people may be meeting on this weekend and so forth, then we're, to, we're actually called to change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere, right? When you walk into darkness, you bring the light of Jesus within you and that darkness shines out through you. But you're to change the atmosphere of people's lives. We're not here dilly-dallying around. We're here with a divine purpose to, be, to serve the living God. We're here to go forth. And to share that with other people because people are lost. People are without hope today. People are scared of all these things. And the last year has been nothing but a propagation of fear because of the COVID situation. And again, we need to be careful. But I don't receive the fear. I've talked to you about it. I don't receive that fear today. I walk into certainty. When my time comes, it's time to go home to be with the Lord. Then I'll go home to be with the Lord. But I'm not going to walk in fear because fear will stifle you. Fear will continue to captivate you to where you can't do anything. You don't feel like doing this and that. No, you got to live life today. God has called us to life today. He is our life today. He's our protect, protector, our provider, and so forth. But we are to change that atmosphere as we go into whatever it may be, conversations with people. And we're to fight for the freedom for all people to realize through their experience that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you realize we fight for people to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in pulling down of strongholds, and everything it sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What are our weapons? Prayer. Prayer is powerful. 
Pray for your loved ones if they're not saved. Pray for your loved ones if they've strayed. Or maybe they've just become sort of laid back about their walk with Christ. And they don't, have, they don't have the freshness. They don't have the fire in their spirit. Pray for them and don't stop praying. Whatever it may be, we have a weapon and it's prayer. The weapon is the Holy Spirit within us here. We can bless every person that we come in contact with. We can do that, right? We can bless people. Have you thought about that? People want to curse us, but we can bless them back. We don't return cursing with curses. We bless people today. That's what Jesus did. They spit on him, put a crown of thorns on him, and led him down that road and hung him on a cross, put those nails in his hands and feet, and he died for it. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Hallelujah. I'm glad at his heart. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Aren't you glad you're saved here today? You're sitting here today. We can celebrate. Let me tell you, my life is in you, Lord. We just sang it. Amen. My strength is in you, Lord. And my hope is in you. Every part of my being is in the Lord Jesus Christ. May we somehow experience that today. Not just because some preacher up here talking about it, but you know personally your life is in you in him. Amen. That's what it's all about. You see, we put on that full armor of God regularly, daily. They have to do it throughout the day here. We're in a real war. We have a real enemy. There is a real enemy today that's fighting against us, trying to keep us from, from receiving what Jesus has for us, trying to tell us that we'll never amount to anything. You see, what, the way we were raised many times affects how we are today. And we need deliverance. We need prayer. We need ministry there. But many times we have those things drilled in our minds because the battleground is in our minds. That's where Satan hits us. And he puts these thoughts here that are contrary to the will of God. And the Bible says we've got to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. Stop it in its tracks today. Anybody experienced that since we've been talking about that? I have. I'm always tested on what I preach on anyway. Y'all know that. You say, no, I don't believe that. I, I, right now, I take that thought and cast it out. And you go, yeah, but do I really mean it? Well, let me tell you, you keep on casting it out. The devil is going to back off. The Bible says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil. And what? He will flee from you. You got to resist. You know, sometimes what do you tell your children if you have children and they don't do exactly what you tell them to do right to begin with? What do you do? You tell them again and you tell them again and you tell them again. And the enemy's just like that, too. Do you really mean it? Yep. Get out. Yep. Get out. That's what I say. And keep on until we see. And you get that relief. Many people are pressed in that way. Turn your life and rebuke it and move on here. The second of our spiritual words, heart, is not everybody's committed to the battle. A lot of people are just sort of laid back. They don't even know they're in a battle. They don't know and they're already taken out. They don't realize it today. And they're so captive by the enemy there. They're, they're saved and certainly a salvation by grace through faith in Jesus alone. But they don't realize and they don't realize, why do I feel this way? And it could be that you're just being oppressed by the enemy. You need to obviously take authority and obviously walk in the freedom that Jesus has given us today. Or if you don't, then the enemy will continue to taunt. He'll continue to taunt you and continue to bring you down today. I believe that works. A lot of times in people here in this country, we don't believe in that and all, but it's true and it's real. We need to obviously be, uh, be diligent and realize what are we? We're soldiers in God's army. You know, as kids, we sang those songs, haven't we? I'm, God, I'm, I'm a child in God's army. You know, we sing that and we celebrate and we jump and shout and so forth. But then as we get older, we sort of get away from those childlike things. But you see, the reality is 
We are soldiers in God's army. That's the blame. And we need to fight this war just like the patriots fought. They fought. They gave their lives. You see, when, when you give your life to Jesus, you give your life up. I give my life up. I've been bought with a price. The precious blood of the Lamb. And so I am no longer my own. I am own. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He has his rights to me. And he says, I'll take care of you. And I am his responsibility. How many believe that? I am God's responsibility. And yes, I make choices and I need to make those choices under the guidance of God's spirit. But ultimately, I am I'm giving my life to Jesus. I know I no longer own my life. Jesus owns me. I've been paid. I've been bought with a price. His precious blood. You got to obviously suit up and do that. You see, some people kind of feel like they're on God's side, sort of, maybe and maybe a kind of here, but they're indifferent. They're uninvolved. They're obviously lackadaisical. They don't obviously uh, openly hinder the war and and that will they'll gladly take part in all the benefits, but they're not joining the fight. You know, they're not doing anything. They're sort of like, hey, we're just taking up space. You see, a lot of Christians today don't realize it. You see, yes, it's about believing in Jesus because it's by grace through faith and we can't earn that. He just gives that to us and we receive it. But after that, that's when the action really takes place. That's when God says, I want you to be my disciple and I want you to follow after me. I want you to know today, being my disciple, there is a price to pay. When you give your life to Jesus, he may tell you to do something you never thought that you were you would ever do today. But when you give your life to him, he knows what's best. How many believe that he knows what's best for me and he knows what's best for you. And you think you're paying a high price. No, in the sense you're not, because see, our rewards is in heaven. You will stand before the before Jesus in the judgment seat of Christ and you will give an account for what you did, not for your salvation. You're in heaven. But you will be judged according to what you've done because you love Jesus today. Not because I feel like I have to, but because out of love for Jesus and thankfulness because of what he's done for you and done for us. He has done it for the world. Be given thanks today is so important. That price to pay is a declaration, obviously, to our commander in chief. He calls us to unswervingly allegiance the fact that he does so is no secret here he made that clear when he walked on this earth Luke chapter 9 if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me whoever will save his life shall lose it but whoever will lose his life for my sake same shall save it here and then in Luke chapter 14 Jesus said if any man comes to me and hate not his father or mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You say, but Jesus is love. What do you say about hate? What he's saying here and what the actual Greek means is as you have to love Jesus above everything else. He doesn't say you got to hate those people. You got to love them. But he's saying he has to be first place in your life. He's got to be priority in your life. He's got to be take first place in your life. Let me tell you, his call is the discipleship. And Jesus obviously said this, you've got to bear the cross that he gives us, whatever it may be. He heals us. And obviously he gives us that strength that we need each and every day. But we know that we are no longer our own. We've been bought with a price here. We love Christ with an unquenchable, passionate loyalty and serve him. To do that, we'll pay a high price. You love him? You'll be rejected by those maybe you hung out with before. You'll be rejected by those 
who obviously look at you and say, well, they must be a Jesus freak. And you'll get some type of obviously pushback about those things if you tell people about Jesus. And when you start telling people about Jesus, what, what happens? The devil says you're going to be rejected. And if you've accept, received rejection in your past, then that old enemy will raise his ugly head and say, you're going to be rejected. They're going to reject what you said. And first of all, you're not a pastor, so you can't tell them about Jesus. That's a lie. Every one of us have a testimony. And we can tell them about Jesus. Amen? We can tell them. You can tell them your testimony. You can tell them. You go, yeah, but what if I kind of get off here a little bit of that? God's Spirit will get you right. But if you'll be willing to step out and tell them about Jesus Christ, let me tell you, God will use that testimony to raise people up, what? From their spiritual death. and Maybe from their physical death also. Because you see, people who are not alive in Christ, they're actually spiritually dead. And if they don't get alive spiritually and be born again, then they will be ultimately dead. But He wants to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And it only comes from Jesus Christ. There's none of these other Muslims or uh, Muhammad or uh, Buddha or whatever. I don't even know who Buddha is. Anybody here know who Buddha is? Don't try to find it out, okay? The only Buddha I know is in a Chinese restaurant and sits there in the front when you go in. I like Chinese food, okay? That's the only Buddha I know. But they don't do it, but some people do. And what it is that what is that? It's positive thinking. Nothing wrong with being positive thinking, but you need to be positive because you're walking in the light of Jesus Christ. You need to tell people about Jesus Christ here. We know the patriots reap a great reward. Us. We reap that great reward. Romans chapter eight, Paul said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He's going to reveal His glory in you and me. Amen. we got a short time here, folks. Amen. Don't you know? The Bible says in the book of James that life is like a mist, like a vapor. You know, you see a vapor go up and it's, it's gone. It's fast. We don't have much time. We need to pray like we've never prayed before. We need to witness like we've never witnessed before. We need to stand and make that bold declaration again. And maybe we obviously are going to do this in just a moment to make that declaration. And I want to tell you, you've got to stand because, you know, when you take that stand and you say, I want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we have an empire that comes against us. And it's an empire of darkness. It doesn't want us to do that. So we've got to be on our guards. We've got to put that full armor, God, on. We've got to march forward in that full armor in the might and power of Jesus Christ here. One day, those who have fought the battle valiantly in this life will stand before the Lord in all His glory and receive crowns for their faithful service to Him. Kind of a wartime decoration. Some will have no crowns. Some will have no decoration, no rewards there, no commendations. But yes, they are saved. But they didn't work for Him as they should have. He was not first place in their lives. He just sort of came to church and, you know, I'm here at church and so forth. And, and then that's it. And there's no more. I was thinking about this past week. You know, when you come into worship, if I have not, in one way or another, really spent that time with the Lord in worship and praise and so forth, I'm not prepared to come in here corporately and worship the Lord. You get prepared by worshiping every day. You get prepared by praying every day here. It's not just a one-day thing on, here on, this, on Sunday. It is every day. And you're prepared at all times, you see. None of us are immune. It's just a choice that I make of how I'm going to spend my time. And it's a choice of how you will you make by how you're going to spend your time. If you realize the seriousness here of what we're looking at, only God can impress upon your spirit of just how serious that 
obviously he is with your life and wanting you. He loves us. Don't get me wrong. And he's for us, not against us. But he wants us to make the choice, just like those patriots did. And they made a bold declaration. They said, we're not going to budge. We're going to stand. I'm going to walk with the Lord. And get rid of the selfishness and worldliness out of my life. And God is going to take that sadness and regret away because of his grace and his mercy. In the marketplace, we all have a place. It may be Walmart. It may be H-E-B, Kroger, or wherever it may be. But I've mentioned this before. You need to raise your flag up, so to speak, in a way, and saying, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Not obnoxiously. Don't get me wrong. But in a way that people know where you stand. You need to obviously do things today. There are many laws that are taking place. You feel convicted. You need to call the people that are making these laws, your senators, your congressmen. You need to make your voice known. The generation before mine and maybe two generations back, they felt like the church was not to get involved in what was happening in the governmental situations and so forth. That's not true. We're to be salt and light. And I believe because the Christians, the church has not been involved, I believe that a lot of things have happened today that obviously the darkness has crept into our, our government and we've not stood up for righteousness. Amen. Amen. We need to stand up. Make your voice heard today. We're in a battle today for the souls of this nation today. There are many people. Let me tell you today, if God's moving, this church house would be so packed out and people would be standing out there today wanting to hear the word of God. But we're here today and I commend you and I say, thank God, keep coming, keep coming back. But I'm talking about the way Jesus said it could be. When his spirit moves and people begin to realize who God Almighty is and they realize that they're sinful, but at the same time they realize that Jesus died for their sins and they give their life to Jesus and they get set free today. I just believe that's going to happen before I leave this world. Okay? We've got to stand. We can't back down. It's too late. It's too late to back down and sort of to back up. The Bible says in Hebrews, don't draw back. Where it's not pleasing to the Lord, but press into God, press into him. Keep on, make a determination and God will give you the strength through his power in your life to be able to fulfill that. Because obviously we are in a battle. Remember when Paul was getting ready to leave, what he said? He said, I fought the good fight of faith. Well, the Apostle Paul, probably one of the greatest Christian men to ever walked on this earth, not the greatest, obviously wrote most of the New Testament. And he fought. You know, he was stoned. He was dropped out of windows. He, I mean, you, you name it. And he said, I fought the good fight of faith here. I'm ready to go home and be with the Lord. But he said, I fought. It is a battle. But we've got to make a bold declaration, don't we? And we've got to realize we're going to pay a price. But then we've got to also realize that one day we will face him face to face. One day we'll look at Jesus. And what's he going to say? Well done, my good and faithful servant come and enter into your inheritance that's what he will say can we say today that obviously this is what he would say to you and have you made that declaration have you said lord i volunteer to serve you and obviously to follow you have you said without any reservation and i mean making jesus total lord of your life not just saying hey here on a couple hours here on sunday morning or whenever but are you taking every day every day i always preach to myself, I tell you. 
every day that we make that commitment to say, I am not budging from this. I'm going to follow hard after you, Lord. I want to know you. I want to know the power of your resurrection. I want to know you. I want to encounter you. I want to experience you in my life. I want to know you through your word, but I want to know. I want to know you're real. You're living. You're, you're obviously there. You're always with me. And so every now and then, I just ask you that you say, Lord, I want to be aware. Quicken my heart. You're here with me. And then march forward with confidence here. We obviously have to live a life of sacrifice. We have to live a life of a soldier. Believe that? Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. That old hymn that all of us know. Marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. Amen. The patriots paid a great price. But I want to remind you today. As patriots of the Lord Jesus Christ. We obviously will. Reward will be great. The reward will be great. Can you imagine it? If you sit and think about it. And I was thinking about it this weekend. I said Lord. You're going to examine my heart. And I know there's grace and he there's forgiveness. Don't get me wrong. No condemnation. But you examine my heart. And more than anything in this world, I want to be able to walk and go in when I face him face to face. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. Come on in. Is your life in that place today? Those who are watching, is your life in that place today where you you believe and know you've served the Lord with gladness? And that you, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and enter into your inheritance. Will that be the words that Jesus says to you? When that time comes? Because you see. There are only two things certain in this world, right? All of us know what they are. Taxes and death. Okay. <laughs> and so we know that today. And I want to ask you today. And I want you to, if you would, bow your heads and just let God's Spirit, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, to, to right now touch every heart in this place. If there be anything offensive to you, then remove it, Lord, and reveal it. And let, let each and every person renounce it and say, no more, no more. I ask you, Lord, today, I just felt like you just said there are some people that are watching or in here that have just their heart has become hard. Different things have happened in life. Life has not presented itself the way you thought it would. And so their hearts are hard. And I ask you, Lord, today, by the power of your spirit, you come and soften those hearts. And dear Lord, that your seed of your word would fall upon that that already ground that will receive the word. And it will bring forth great, great harvest. I pray that today. If there be anyone here that's never received Jesus Christ and they're not certain of it. Today would be the day that you you just say, I want to be certain of it. I want to know that I know that when I take my last breath, that I'm going to heaven to be with Jesus Christ. You can start that today by just saying, Jesus, come into my life and save me. Be my Lord and Savior. And then the other is, <clears throat> if you feel like that your heart's 
your heart is just not what it should be with the Lord. Ask God to come and align your heart with the word of God. Ask God to just come, Lord, do that. Do you know his spirit is, he loves to do this. And he won't hold back if you ask him. He will do it if you're sincere. Come and align my heart with your word, Lord. If there's anything in me that is offensive to you, because I want to be pleasing unto you, then dear God, we ask you to reveal it and I confess it to you. And I ask forgiveness and I repent and I ask you to heal me of it and cleanse me of it and then restore me. If it's in relationships, whatever it may be, it can be in a lot of different things. Jesus is the answer. Run to him. He says, if you're burdened and heavy laden, then he'll give you rest. But we've got to ask him and we've got to run to him. Anybody watching this or in here, these decisions that are being made, this is a time that's crucial, actually. This is the most important time because decisions are being made, even as I speak. There are times the Spirit of God is touching us, saying things got to change, and God's saying, I want to change you. Because he says this, I, the Lord, don't change. And so, Lord, today we ask you, change our hearts, O God. Make them ever true. And Father, today we ask you to do a mighty work in this church, in those viewing audience, but also in this nation, in the churches that are meeting right now as we speak. We ask your spirit would touch every heart. We ask you, Father, today to cleanse us, to heal us, forgive us, and restore us. Thank you, Father, for doing that. We love you and praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you all for watching uh, that. At this time, I hope you all have a happy Fourth of July. You know, I was thinking I, I love hot dogs on the grill. I hope maybe everybody, everybody's got a grill. We can have hot dogs on the grill and, and we've got to do it upright. Amen. I hope you all have a wonderful time. Remember what really happened, what we're celebrating here. It's not the day we can be off or maybe we can get with family. All those things are good. But we have the freedom today because of patriots. But also, we have that freedom because of what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did. So I hope to see you all next week. So join us, and we hope that uh, you'll come back. Have a great day in the Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.